we got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the dim. It go down. It go down in the dim. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus vest that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You look at most rappers' first albums, and it's based on the first 20 years of their life, right? Because that's yeah. just all they know and they're able to reflect on. So for me, it's very natural that most first-time filmmakers make a coming-of-age film because that's what you know. From Spotify Studios, this is Showstopper, the podcast that takes you inside the playlists of your favorite TV shows and films. I'm Xavier Jernigan. As the head of cultural partnerships at Spotify, I work with trendsetters, visionaries, and movie stars to create exclusive playlists for the biggest music audience in the world. Jonah Hill's directorial debut, Mid-90s, features his favorite tracks from the Discman era. Remember when you had to carry a Discman around and they skipped every single time you hit a bump? I'm talking about that era. A Tribe Called Quest, Cypress Hill, Souls of Mischief, just to name a few. This film soundtrack is the first of any major motion picture to be released as a playlist on a streaming service, and you can listen to it right here only on Spotify. At an advanced screening at the Roxy Cinema in Tribeca, I joined an audience that included Jonah, the cast, and hip-hop legends like Q-Tip, DJ Clark Kent, and The Locks, who came out to show their support. After the movie, Jonah and I talked about growing up in the skate scene, the albums that changed his life, and why he wanted to put his experience out there on the big screen. So tell us about your writing process for the film. Well, I mean, it's kind of like what came first, the chicken or the egg. I use music to write. You know, I think most, most directors just want to hear the music they love through the emotional lens they see it through, whether it be my dear friend Q-Tip in the back. Sorry to blow up your spot. I know you hate me right now for doing that. But, you know, this is the music that you hear in the film is the music that I grew up worshiping and kind of formed me as a person. And I kind of wanted to show it in perhaps a more emotional context than it's usually portrayed in. Just like skateboarding, I feel like hip-hop is often misused in film and it's often showed in really corny, exploitative ways. And to me, hip-hop is like, the foundation of my growing up and what Tribe is to me or what the Beatles were to my parents and so on and so forth. And I wanted to make a film that elegantly expressed that. How did you decide to have hip-hop play such an important role in the film? That just was conceptually from the start, you know? Like, every CD you see in, like, the brother's room or every piece of clothing in the closet, it just shapes you. I think there's a lot of people here around my age or people that grew up you know, look like, <laughs> by profiling, look like they grew up within a culture of, of hip-hop or skateboarding or both or graffiti or whatever. And I think it is either for you or it's not. And 
a lot of times it's always just put on screen really corny. So I just kind of wanted to give it a real shot at making it something that hopefully people could stand behind and kind of represent their youth in a way that wasn't sweaty or corny. So we know that in the film that Stevie's taste was shaped heavily by Ian. Mm -hmm. What shaped Ian's taste? Because we see a stack of Source magazines. We see the Jizza poster on the wall. Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, like, before, like, Souls and Mischief and, like, Farside, I guess I'll just speak more musically. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. But, like, if you had any taste, you just listened to East Coast hip-hop pretty much. I mean, like, there wasn't really... Right. You know, there was, like, NWA and stuff like that, and then, like, Oakland, like, Too Short and stuff like that. But uh, as far as, like, I would say, like, very, you know, super artsy hip-hop that you know, or I don't know, just a different kind of hip hop. The golden era to me obviously is like Gangstar, P Rock, Tribe, all that stuff. Mob same, deep, same for know? me. Yeah. And so a lot of that stuff, a lot of the older kids than me that weren't into skating, they they looked like they more grew up on the East Coast, even though it was in like LA. Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah. So what C D did Stevie give Ian at the beginning of the movie? Like, it seemed like you were very intentional about yeah. not revealing what it was. Did he like it? What, like, well, what you can it? see. If you, he's I was trying. And the last shot in the bedroom, when he's, like, nodding his head, he's listening to Liquid Swords. That's yeah. the CD on the floor. Yeah. And the CD he gives him is um, Lab Cab in California. I thought that was Farside. Yeah, by Farside, yeah. Why'd you pick that album? It was a seminal album for me that you would try and impress somebody by knowing. Yeah. If you were, like, a little kid trying to prove that you had good taste. Yeah. That came out around that time. So 95, 96-ish. Yeah. Ish, yeah. Uh, right in the mid-90s. Yeah. All right, I noticed Adele, the funky homo sapien cameo as yeah. the homeless guy. Did y'all catch that? Yeah, so the, yeah, the homeless guy was Dell of Hieroglyphics. Mm -hmm. Tell me how that came about. <clears throat> well, that's my favorite scene in the film, and, and uh, I was never a great skateboarder. I was 100% dedication, 14% skill. Um, <laughs> but I worked at a skate shop for four years. I, you know, it shaped a lot of my taste, my worldview lens. I'm the least person qualified here to speak on skateboarding. My guys are all back there. But it definitely shaped me in a lot of ways. And one of the things I wanted to represent in the film was when we would skate places, we would have friends who and people who were homeless. So at that point, now skating is like really popular, but it wasn't really cool to be a skateboarder. And people kind of societally looked at you like less than. And I think that's why a lot of times skaters would be really cool to homeless people because they were looked on societally as less than. And you'd be skating at skate spots where there'd be like homeless people and you'd be like friends with them and talking to them. So it was important to me to show a scene of these kids actually having empathy and humanity in their conversation with a homeless person. A lot of times I'd have these conversations and these guys would be, or women would be crazy smart, but just, you know, probably like a little mentally ill or something just yeah. off. And I was like, who is just like one of the smartest, most interesting out there kind of MCs. I was like, I want to get Dell to do it. So in, when you wrote it, you had him in mind specifically. Full honesty, I had written it for Fat Lip, but he kind of fell out early on. Yeah. And then Dell. Um, but I'm a big hieroglyphics fan. Me and, too. But the movie's kind of littered with people like that, whether it be artists, skateboarders, rappers, MCs. Like it's, uh, it's kind of like if you know, you know. We don't try and make a big thing of it. Um, there's an artist named Jonas Wood, who's one of the homeless guys, and Chad Muska, and the cops that chase them are Chico Brenes and Donnie Barley and, and um, Rick Howard. You know, and it's kind of like just if you zoom in, it's all correct, but like it's 
not trying to be like corny about it. Yeah, you know? not trying to be who's the man back in the day with like fifty billion cameos, obvious cameos. Yo, I actually like ride really hard for who's the man. Uh, yo, I'm telling yeah. you, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Are Dr. Dre and other, we should have invited them tonight. We should invite. We that would have been amazing. So you started with a two hundred song playlist. Yeah. How'd you whittle it down to the songs that ended up in the film? Just those scenes were written to those songs. So yeah. scenes that were left out, there's probably like an hour of the film that's just not even in there of scenes that were written to other songs. And like, for example, like Watermelon Man, the Herbie Hancock song that's in there. That's also in a skate video called Mouse. That's like a really seminal video from that time. So it's like a double nod. It also works for the scene, but if you... Again, if you like love that video, you're like, oh, great. Okay, cool. That's awesome. So we talked about the cast earlier. Did you play the music for them? Did they have to listen to this music, yes. study it? Because I was like, your guys' music is trash, but I made you guys iPods, right? Facts. Facts. <laughs> I was just hoping it would transcend, you know, like I hate when people who are older than me were trying to show me music. Right. And you're like, man, shut the fuck up. Like, let me do what I'm doing, you know? And then... It was amazing to watch them connect to the music. Like, it was cool to see them really get into the music from that time. The actor who plays Ray said he's been listening to to that kind of music his whole life anyway. Yes. Love it. Nakel. Owen, Sonny, Ryder, Gio, Alexa, all the homies. Make some noise. Make some noise. Seriously, you guys were great, man. Like, that was my second time seeing it, and I just call it. It's a lot of nuance. I knew I was not going to hire actors to play skateboarders because that would never work. But uh, never. I knew I was going to turn skateboarders into actors, and then I was just like, fortunate enough to find this group of young artists. And the singular most moving part of my life so far has just been watching these kids take it so seriously and they wanted it like they're not playing themselves they're not improvising they're actors playing characters and by the end they were so good that it just makes you feel good that you could even you know I was given that opportunity when I was mad young to watch them just grab it by the horns and like take advantage of it is sick so I mean they really are like amazing people and artists it's dope. When we were talking the last time, you, you you referenced John Hughes and just the feeling of films that came out in that era and, com and telling coming-of-age stories. What's your hope for this film? I just equate everything to hip-hop, so it's like you look at most rappers' first albums, and it's based on the first 20 years of their life, right? Because that's yeah. just all they know and they're able to reflect on. Most filmmakers uh, I look up to, like Mike Nichols or Barry Levinson or you know Martin Scorsese, they're usually their first features are reflections upon the first 20 years of your life because that's what you've had to ruminate on yeah you know so for me it's very natural that most first-time filmmakers make a coming-of-age film because that's what you know and then there's the sophomore slump which is like what the fuck do i do now basically right. and the pressure's and, on and uh i'm looking forward to that challenge <laughs> thank you for listening to showstopper You've heard the story behind the songs. Now go check out the playlist. To hear the official motion picture playlist, search mid-90s. Thank you to Jonah Hill, Eli Bush, and A24 for collaborating with us. And thank you to the beautiful Roxy Cinema for hosting this event. This podcast was produced by Fanny Co. and Spotify Studios with Courtney Holt, Jesse Burton, Amy Skoraki, Rodney McMahon. 
Thanks as always to my homie, Prince Maestro, for creating our theme song. From Spotify, I'm X. Keep listening. <laughs>